the opportunity to introduce someone really, really close to me, a brother, some might would say to me, uh, who would never get my name wrong, Tim Gilio, if you can come on up here. I say those things because I genuinely love the man and I appreciate him. Good morning, men. How's it going? Come on. Uh, as we're as we're kind of in in worship, I felt I felt it was a good idea to just start this morning with a declaration of who we are as the mighty men of God. So, if you would repeat with me, say, "I am God's son, a mighty man, a warrior for His kingdom, called to do." Amazing things and advance the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for every man in this room. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are called to be your mighty warriors. Father, I thank you that there is nothing that can stop us from doing what you have called us to do in this world. We love you. We thank you for this time of getting into your word. We ask you to open up your heart to us so that we can grow closer and closer to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Well, it is awesome to be here, awesome to get this opportunity to share with you uh, this morning. Several years ago, a couple years, I think it was 2013, uh, there was a, a good April storm. Uh, and this, this particular storm brought a lot of rain. And my father-in-law, uh, let's just say there was a lot of water around his house. Uh, I was trying to find the picture and I couldn't find it. I could only find pictures uh, similar to it. But there's a picture of my father-in-law's house. And his driveway is probably about 60 feet long from the front of his house to the road, and we have a picture of a boat tied to his mailbox. Can we just, like, just think about that for a second. That water, water isn't supposed to be there, right? Uh, they live, they live uh, by Ideal Park over there. I don't know if you know where Ideal Park is over in Wyoming. They live over there, and that creek is notorious for flooding. Well, my father-in-law has lived there for 20-something years. They've owned the house. They first bought the house, and, uh, and when, they, when, they, when they bought it, a couple years after it, they had a massive rainstorm, and quote-unquote, a hundred-year flood happened. Like, this is a flood that would only happen every hundred years. Well, this flood happened right after my father-in-law decided to finish the basement. So he gets done finishing the basement. Shortly thereafter, massive flood happens, couple inches of water. There's houses down the street from him that have basements completely flooded with water. Uh, but his house, there's a couple inches of water. So he had to pull out all this fresh new carpet he put down. He had to cut the drywall back. He put in drain towel. And my father-in-law, uh, for those of you that know my father-in-law, Ted Cole, he's an amazing uh, man. Actually, he's having hip surgery here in like two hours. So favor in the hip surgery in Jesus' name for him. I told him he's uh, either going to be not as hip anymore as he's ever been or hipper than he's ever been. Uh, so we'll, he can determine uh, that one. He's a great man. But anyways, uh, he determined 
like most of us would do, this is never going to happen to him again. So he, when he took out the carpet, he cut out the floor and he put in drain tile and he put in a sump pump. And in this sump pump hole, he's got the standard sump pump. If it goes up past that too high, he's got a backup sump pump. And if it goes up a little higher than that, he's got a third battery powered backup sump pump to pull the water out of his house. So fast forward now, this is uh, 2013, April. This happens again. There's a boat tied to his mailbox. He never has any water in his actual basement. His sump pumps start running like crazy. I remember in this moment us going over to his house, and we have to drive the vehicles out of the yard, through the yard, through the neighbor's yard, onto a neighboring road to get them out of there because we don't want them. And uh, my father-in-law is kind of like the last man down with the ship, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm staying. And he's there, and uh, the, the power goes out, and he, he, he notices the power goes out, so he's out there. When he installed the sump pumps, he also rigged up his house where he could shut it off from the main uh, power grid, and he could plug his generator, and he starts his generator, and his house is like fully running, right? Pumps going, bow tied to mailbox, nothing in there. And, and he had the second 100-year storm that you would ever have because these only happen every 100 years, but apparently every 10 years where, where he lives. And uh, one, thing, one, thing I, one thing I've realized in my life, and I'm sure you guys have probably realized this, this too, is it's not if a storm comes, it's when a storm is going to come. And I think what we have to do is we have to realize that in our life, we're going to face things that we would say, this should never happen. Whether it's the loss of a child, or it's uh, a loss of a parent, or COVID, or whatever it is, we, can, we, we stand in our bathroom brushing our teeth saying, this should never happen to anybody. God, why is this happening? And I think what we have to do is we have to realize something. And uh, my father-in-law realized real quickly during that first 100-year storm that you can't prepare for a storm in the middle of a storm. You can run to Home Depot all you want. You could buy a generator. You could work as fast as you can, but the water's going to get in the basement. So what he did is after that happened, he said, this isn't going to happen again. So he prepared for another storm. And I think that's what the Lord's calling us to do. Like, are we prepared for a storm that's coming? Because whether we get through the storm or not, and how we get through the storm is going to be determined on how much we prepared before the storm. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, But what I want you to do is I want to take a few minutes at your tables, and I want you to talk about this. What is the most important thing to think about when we start building a house? So let's think in the aspect of house, maybe our life as a house is where we're going to go today. What's the most important thing you need, or what's some important things I should say? What are some important things that we need to think about when we're building a house? Take a few minutes at your table and then I'll be back up in just like maybe 90 seconds. All right, if you can go ahead and bring it back up, I know that was a quick minute. Um, how many of you guys would say there are a ton of things to think about when building a house, right? From, we're talking about location, uh, where, where do you want to build? Don't build in a floodplain, probably a really good idea (laughs) after, after that story, right? Um, 
uh, you got to think about materials, right? What materials are you going to need? How much are those materials going to cost? Uh, one of the things I was thinking about and what I want to kind of get to uh, this morning is foundation. How are you going to build your foundation? Where's that going to go? So look at this. Check out what Matthew, Matthew chapter 7 Starting in verse 24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words, these are Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He just got done sharing what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in Matthew, it's Matthew 5, 6, and then now this is the end of 7. It says, Therefore, Jesus says, Anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone say, on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. I can just imagine a massive storm in a house on a cliff when I read this. The floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I think it's very interesting. First of all, you look at this, and the same thing happens to both of the houses, right? The same thing happens, the, the same winds blew, the same rain fell, uh, the same slamming against the house. Yet one, you get, this, you get this picture, one of them is standing super strong, and the other one isn't. And it doesn't reference that one was built with good material and the other one was built with bad material. I actually get the impression that both these houses were built with the same material. The only difference referenced here is one person took time to dig down to find a solid rock to build a house upon, where the other person didn't. And I think how easy that can be done in our lives, where we could choose not to build on a solid foundation, but we could choose to put soft or crumbling things inside of our foundation. So the question isn't necessarily what you're building, but maybe more how you're building it. And here's the kicker. We need to build well, and in order to build well, we need to build with intentionality. I was talking to my table earlier, and I often reference this to, uh, to many people in life. We don't accidentally build our we don't accidentally build our lives on God. We're not going to wake up one day and be like, "Man, yesterday I grew closer to God on accident." No, we're going to wake up one day and say, yesterday I was intentional, so I'm closer to God today than I was yesterday. And, and I think a lot of times I, I come up to this <clears throat> when it comes to like New Year. Are you closer than you were in the beginning of the year now that it's the end of the year in your relationship with God? Do you feel like you have more of Jesus inside of you? And I, I don't know about you guys. Sadly, more often than not, I would answer that as no. I'm not closer because I wasn't intentional on where I was going in life and how I was growing. So let's get to this. Uh, foundation. We've got to be very picky about the foundation, excuse me, that we choose to use. So we've got we've to make sure we choose our foundation well. Uh, I love what Jimmy Evans says. He says, we all love to go lay on a beach. 
right? We love to go lay on a beach in the sun, the wind is blowing. None of us really like to lay for a long time in the driveway. <laughs> and he said this, and I was like, that makes so much sense. And what he said was, when we lay on the sand, it molds to us, right? You could picture it. You could picture laying on a beach, Michigan, three months from now, because it feels like that's how long it's going to take to get warm around here, y'all. <clears throat> you lay on the beach and you get up and you could see the imprint of your body on the sand. <laughs> now let's flip that. You lay in the driveway on the concrete for a couple hours. You get up and you look like the concrete, right? And that's what it comes down to. When we choose to build our lives on something solid, we begin to look like something solid. When we build our life on something that's comfortable, what's comfortable begins to look at us, look like us. And that's what we got to be careful of. We got to say, what am I choosing to build my life upon? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. When you look up this, this word foundation that's right here, in the Greek, when you look it up, it's the word themelion, and it's from themelios, and it means a foundation stone. So oftentimes when I read this verse, I would sit there and think, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We can find and lay different foundations, but what this verse is actually saying is there's only one solid foundation that you could choose to build your life upon. But how many people... Search and search and search and search and search. How many men search and search to try to find something else to build their lives upon? Can I be real with you guys for a second? You probably heard me say this before. But in the last two years, I've realized that there is nothing solid in this world. I can walk over here to this wall. And this wall, this wall is pretty solid. It's concrete. It's going to be here for a long time. But this wall is continually changing. Even right now, I reach in here, and here's a little piece of concrete that's fallen off from it. I'm going to put it back. But it's in there. Because <laughs> I don't want to take something from the church, you know what I mean? <laughs> this wall, though it looks to us like it's solid, this wall is continually changing. And I think what we realized through this season of COVID and everything that we've gone through is everything in life that we thought was consistent and stable isn't as consistent and stable as we thought. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. My retirement, it's good. It's consistent. It's stable. It's going to be there. But there's a lot of people that now their retirement looks a lot different than they thought it was going to look. Right? They're, oh, oh, my family worked tight. We're good. They're always going to be there for me. There's a lot of families that two years ago would have been considered tight that now are severed because there's a difference there. Oh, my church, my church is solid. There are a lot of churches that have closed their doors in the last two years. And maybe it's not so solid as what, what we thought. And when I, when I read in the Bible and I see that, that, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, now I can see it. And I think we can, all, we can all see it. There is nothing in this realm that's consistent. Everything is changing. 
the car I drive is getting more miles on it, and rust is showing up in spots where I didn't want it to, and it's changing. And the, the friends that I have, they're growing, and they're doing different things, and everything's shifting and changing. So we've got to choose and say there's only one solid foundation. There's only one thing. There's only one thing in this universe that's the same yesterday as it is today and will be the same tomorrow, and that's Jesus Christ. So it comes down to this. The moments of the storm, when we're in the storm, what do we got to do? As we talked about earlier, it takes a lot of preparation, but we've got to be intentional about what we're doing. So we have to say, how do we, we have to stand in front of the mirror and say, I have to, I have to say, Tim, you don't say Tim. That would that'd be kind of interesting. I have to look in a mirror and I have to say, Tim, what does it mean for you to grow closer to the Lord? What does it mean for you to build your life on something that's solid, that's not changing? And that's what I have to do. And I think all of us have to do that. We have to say, what does it take for us to build with intentionality? And what I really thought about is building on the foundation happens in the secret place. It's not what happens at men's ministry, though that plays into it. It's not what happens on Sunday morning that plays into it. It's what happens in the secret place when it's just you and God. And how does that look? How do you grow closer to God? What does your time of devotion look like? What does your time of prayer look like? What does your time of worship look like? Not worship in a corporate setting, but worship in a private setting. What does that time look like? We have to be intentional. Uh, this, this last, <clears throat> about a week and a half ago, I got to be a part of a, of a conference that we had here for the young adults. And someone said this, and I loved it so well. So many men get caught up in things that will destroy their life in secret time, and that's the enemy hijacking secret time, right? The enemy's trying to hijack the secret time because he knows that the secret time, the time when you're alone, when it's just you and God, is the time when growth actually happens. So the enemy tries to get in there and destroy it. But my question for, for you is, what does your quiet moment look like with God? And I'm not going to tell you that you got to have a quiet moment every day. I'd encourage it. But maybe it's every, every two days or every three days or, or every week and you spend intentional time. What does your intentional time look like of spending time with God? If you want to be able... If you want to be able to have your, your life built on a solid foundation so when, when that flood comes, there's a bow tied to your mailbox, but there's no water in your basement like my father-in-law. If you want to be able to say that, it comes down to what you're doing in the quiet time and how you're pursuing the Lord uh, on a real, raw, genuine level. What does that look like? And so many, so many times, I'm preaching to the choir, but so many times, there's men that on the outside it looks good. You look at the house on the outside and it looks like everything's put together well. But on the inside, it's not built well. And all of a sudden, a storm happens and some, some stuff starts to shake and the house starts to fall down. And what I want to be able to do is I, wanna, I want for all of us to be able to say, you want to know what? The storm can come because I'm ready. Because it doesn't matter what happens around me. I've got Jesus Christ as my foundation. He's the center of my life, and I'm pursuing him with everything I have. So we have to build. 
We have to build with intentionality. We have to build well. So if you look at 1 Corinthians, I read chapter, uh, uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 11, and that talks about you can't lay any other foundation. If you go right past that in, in verses 12 through 15, it says, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. The work becomes evident in the middle of a storm. But this goes on to say, For the day will show it because... It is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. And any man's work, which has been built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. So let's, let's, let's imagine this. How many of you guys like bonfires? I'm a, I'm a fire guy. I've gotten more into fires in the last two years. I think just in, in my life in general, I've tried to slow down. The other day, I was having a, a fire. I had the hardest time getting it started. It was probably because it was raining in the morning, and I'm trying to let a fire in the afternoon. But, hey, let's go. Uh, I'm not going to stick concrete logs in my fire to get it going, right? What am I going to put in the fire? I'm going to put hay and some tiny branches, paper towel, anything I can find that's flammable, right? This verse is referencing that. It's saying, what materials are we using to build our lives? Because as we build our lives on this solid foundation, we know we need Jesus Christ as the solid foundation. Okay, as I build my life on that, am I using things that, that are going to last through storms? Or am I using things that are going to be blown over and destroyed in a storm? I think it's amazing that we look in Egypt and we've got these pyramids that have lasted so long because they're built, it's, it's a good design, but it's also the quality of the materials. I think it's amazing that you could go over to Europe. I've never personally been there. I'm sure a lot of you have. You can go over to Europe and stand in a building that's six, 700 years old and it looks great. Yet the buildings we built here, after a lot of our buildings, after a very short amount of time, 50 years, man, you're seeing the wear and tear on those buildings. Because it's just quality of materials. What you're using, is this something that's stable enough to last for the time? So this is what I want to do. I want to go back to the tables real quick because I love talking at the tables. So how do we build, I want you to talk about this at the tables, how do we build with the correct materials? What does that practically look like? I, I want day-to-day -day raw, how do you, what do you, what can you do and share with your table, what can you do practically every day to make sure you're building on the solid foundation, but also with the correct materials? What does that look like as men on April 5th, 2022? Cool? I'll be back up. I'll give you about two and a half minutes for this one, and then I'll be back up. All right. I apologize that I have to interrupt you, but let's bring it back in real quick. Because the time is getting away from me. Whew. So we have to choose to not only build our life on a solid foundation, and we recognize that the only solid foundation is Jesus Christ, but we also have to choose to build with the right materials in the correct way. Not trying to do it too fast. We don't try to replicate someone else's life. We try to build the life that God has called us to build. We try to be faithful where we're at. Slow methodical steps closer and closer to who Jesus is. 
because uh, uh, cliche, you know, it's not it's it's not the hare that wins the race, but it's the tortoise, right? It's slow, continual steps closer and closer to who Jesus is. But I think one thing I want to kind of wrap up with is we also have to be really careful that in the in the everyday storms, and what I mean by that is often there's little attacks that happen in our life that the enemy tries to bring big impact, right? The little tiny attacks, and that's when we're in quiet places. And what I really wanted to get to is this. The enemy has a plan for destruction. And a lot of that through men is through dishonor. Like the enemy wants us to dishonor ourselves, and he wants to bring an attack on us. And he does that in sneaky ways through things like pornography, inappropriate relationships, you know, lust, all this stuff. As men, this is a big deal. And what I, what I really felt for us to, today, this morning, is let's live lives of honor. Because as we live lives of honor and we build through intentionality on a solid foundation of Jesus Christ, we're going to be able to weather the storm. So I've got three things for you real quick. These are super fast, and then Ricky's going to come up to close. Ha. Come on. First thing is this. We need to build with transparency. And what I mean by that is we need to have men in our life that know who we really are. We need to be building with transparency. Our questions next week are going to be off these three things. So build with transparency. The second one is we need to build with integrity. That means we need to be the same when we're alone, when we're with our family, when we're with our, with our kids or with our wife, when we're with the guys at the bowling alley, when we're driving down the highway. We need to be the same. We need to build with integrity. And the third one is we need to build with quality. This is discipleship. It's becoming more like Jesus. God loves us like we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like we are. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for every man in this room. Lord, I thank you that you've called us to build our lives with intentionality.